Well, good morning, Identity Church. I'm going to go ahead and get started because if I don't get started... Oh, yeah, y'all just keep talking. I, I can preach. I, 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 we used to, years ago, you know, being, being in a, a couple of these... Um, these churches that you know were first started, we were we were working with Life of Faith North. We'd have kids run up. You'd be preaching, and they'd like be right here at your foot. And sometimes you would stop, but you didn't want to encourage it by like you know playing with them in the middle of it because they would just keep running up. So, you know, it was just one of those things where I would take the. You just learn to deal with things. You know, I think it's kind of the way you should be in life. You know, if it's not perfect, it's life, right? I mean, you know, if it's not perfect, then, you know, essentially you're going to sit there and go, you know, if I've learned to do things with just life happening around me, if I've got kids screaming, if I've got all these other things, then it doesn't bother me. In fact, you will actually find out that you'll have more funny stories to tell. In fact, uh, Pastor Brad Holloman he was telling me that he was in Mexico and he'd gotten so used to preaching with kids running around that one of the kids actually ran up and peed on the pulpit. Now, I don't have a story like that. But, I mean, if it happens, then, I mean, we're all going to laugh about it. I'm not going to go, oh, it just ruined the service. The Holy Spirit was just so uh, emotionally distraught. No, the, emo- the Holy Spirit is everywhere all the time. You know, I believe God laughs at some of the stuff that happens. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. I mean, there's been plenty of times where, where God, I believe, is laughing and we're down here crying. I mean, and that's a lesson that I think we need to learn. That sometimes we need to get over ourselves. You know? Because I find myself, the older I get, the more I can let go. When I was his age, I, was, I thought I was too cool for school. You know, 15, 16 years old, it was like, well, everything's got to be perfect. And, you know, if somebody says something about me or whatever, then I'm going to be mad about it. Well, guess what? The older I got, the more I learned how to make fun of myself, and that made more people love me. Do you know that that's a part of what we do in life is we just have to take the circumstances that life throws at us and we have the authority to overtake all of those circumstances. Amen? Amen. I could probably just sit here and preach on that all day. But I'm going to move on because we're in the fourth week of our Where's Your Bubble. And we've been talking last week about the plumb line of your soul. And you know, one of the great things about... This is by far my most favorite thing to teach on. I love this. This is what really changed my mind. It changed my heart. I became a new person in my mind, will, and emotions because I started realizing what my focus areas were. You know that when you focus on something, when you put your, when you put your mind, your will, and your emotions on it, it's just like this bubble level. And this bubble level, like that bubble right there is like my will. And I'm holding up this little bitty bubble level. And by the way, uh, I was going to buy you all one that didn't have them. Um, Amazon basically has shut my order down twice. So we'll, we'll see about getting them later. But these are great for hanging pictures too. But anyway, you've got these bubble levels that I've handed out to some people. 
that the bubble is like your will. It's like your, your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And when, when you are fixated or you elevate your flesh, the circumstances that are happening, my five senses, what I see, hear, taste, smell, and feel. Or do I elevate the spirit? So wherever, whatever I elevate, that's where my mind, my will, and my emotions are going to be. And, you know, I've used 1 Thessalonians as kind of our, as our background, if you will, to this. And it says in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we've understood that being preserved is exactly what it sounds like. That we have tons of scriptures. I shared them if you want to go back and listen to some of the teachings that I did uh, the last couple weeks. Excuse me. I, I used uh, uh, Ephesians 1.13 where it says that we heard that we believed and we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians chapter 4 says the exact same thing. Jesus himself actually in, in Luke tells us that we are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. See, what we have to understand is that our five senses, they, they walk around. It's like a zombie. I walk around all day long. Oh, stuff's coming at me. Uh uh, I've got to deal with work. I've got to deal with kids that are having to go to lacrosse practice, and we didn't even know he was going to play lacrosse. And it was 27 degrees on Friday night. I love him, so I'm going to, I'm going to let him do it. But that's my point, is the fact that there's a lot of stuff that our body is dealing with. And you know what? If I just went with my body... Like my flesh, when he said, hey, I'm playing lacrosse, and by the way, the season starts in like five days, and we're going to go to Homewood on Friday night. My flesh went, no, it's going to be cold. And guess what it was? For three hours of 20-something degrees, <laughs> I'm going to tell you who I was most impressed by was that one right there, Heather. She actually sat out there the whole time. She actually complained less than I did. But what I want you to understand is that when our mind, our will, and our emotions just look at the, the things that are happening in the world, then we elevate all of those things. Our soul fixates on the things that are happening around us. And so we had actually talked about this, that when we got saved, that just like 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that we have become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That means the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. And now I can put my mind, will, and emotions, I can elevate it. And I can fixate on who I am in Christ Jesus. And now I have the Holy Spirit that is talking to me. And when I elevate the, the Holy Spirit in my life and my mind, will, and emotions start believing what is truth, then it's like, you know what? That's not so bad. I can handle what is coming at me. Because most of the time, it's we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not actually death. 
It's all the rigor and all the stuff that, that comes with death, right? I mean, we were talking about this, you know, Russia may invade Ukraine. Um, I'm a cybersecurity engineer, so, you know, uh, by day I'm a cybersecurity engineer and a pastor by night. <laughs> you know, I will tell you this. Being a cybersecurity engineer scares the ever-loving bejesus out of me. Because there's people out there trying to harm us. But no one's harmed us. Nobody's shot a gun. Nobody's taken down something. Nobody has done any of this kind of stuff. But if I fixate my mind, my will, and my emotions on it, then guess what? Then they've already been placed. There's a battle that has already been placed in my head. Taking up rent. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, I must be taking up rent in their head because every time I see them, they're always angry at me. Well, you know what? If you live your life always taking up rent, you're elevating all those circumstances, then you're the one that lives with that every single day. That person probably walks away and goes, I don't, I don't, you know what? It's not important enough for me to think about because I have other things that I need to put my mind on. See, that's what we have to understand is that whatever we elevate, that's what's going to be forefront in our mind, our will, and our emotions. We also talked about, um, and, and you can go back and, and listen to this. I think it was the second week that we talked Galatians 5.17, I broke down Galatians 5.17 and talked about the flesh versus the spirit. And wherever your mind is, these are the things that walking by the spirit or walking by the flesh. So I can be led by the spirit and I get, and Joanne was awesome. She, she jumped in there. In fact, if, you, if anybody ever says, hey, I see something in the middle of while I'm talking, go ahead and say, hey, that, I see this. I'm good with that. I mean, we used to have uh, tag, t- I, I called it uh, tag team preaching. Where pe- you know, we would go and preach with Brad Holloman and everything. All of a sudden, somebody would just like come in and tag in. Hey, I, I wanted to say something. But what I want you to understand is that when we're led by the Spirit of God, we have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. What'd you say, Joanne? It was less complicated. Chaos. Less chaos. Just chaos. Absolutely. Joanne says, being led by the Spirit is less chaos. There is no chaos in all that. But if you go over here to the body, you go over here to the five senses, over here to your carnality. When you, when you pull out like we used to when I was a kid, the chicken, uh, chicken, the, the beef, um, Chili con carne that, that Papa used to bring in. It had, you know, five inches of fat on the top of it. You know what? That was carnality. It was the meat. When I'm being led by my flesh, I'm being led by meat. You're just a big bowl of chili at that point. Now, I'm going to tell you, I can go through all of these Things that are walking after the Spirit. You can see them up here. And it's like adultery, fornication. But all the ones on the bottom down here are probably where we're mostly at. Because I don't think most of the people in here are like murdering and doing all this stuff. But wrath and hate and strife and contention, sedition. 
all of those things are, are subject to the flesh. When you put your mind, will, and emotions on that, then all you're going to get is these things. You know, most of the time, and I won't say all of the time, people don't find peace because, especially in certain areas of your life, your mind, will, and emotions are fixated on things that are not of the Spirit. So if you ever find that I don't have peace about something, that means you're fixated in the wrong place. You might, it's a key indicator. You know, I, I work in the IT field, and we have these things called indicators of compromise. It basically just means that if we see these certain things, it means that somebody's done something bad to us. Well, if you see these things, Satan's doing something bad to you. It's an indicator of compromise in your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if you're fixated on those particular things, then Satan has rent in your head. You have become Satan's number one TV show. You get to, you're watching, you know, it's like watching your, your favorite Netflix that afterwards, you know, Heather used to say when we watched 24, you know, you'd have Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer was the baddest man on the planet. You put him up against anybody. But she used to have fights and at night after we would watch it. She'd dream about it. And I know, I remember Reba would say that they would be watching it and she'd be praying in her sleep for Jack Bauer. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm going to need another battery, I believe. Yeah, I, I think that it's uh, about to go back out. Um, yeah, it's blinking. So we, we leave all these batteries in this cold building during the week, and then we warm it up, and it's no good. So I'm going to change this battery. And we're back. Okay, so, you know, during, and I've done forgotten where I was at because Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Jack Bauer. I mean, you know, the guys are like, Jack Bauer. The girls are like, oh, I remember Jack Bauer. See, that's the thing is that most of the time we are led by what we put our emotions into. What we, what we fixate our mind, will, and emotions on, that's what we get. And see, now we're going to get into what is the soul. And our soul is a three-part being just like our body. See, we were made in the image of God, and the image of God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? Well, we're spirit, soul, and body. 
And we're going to get into some of the body stuff, and we already kind of talked on some of the soul stuff, but I wanted to talk about our mind, will, and emotions over the last, last week and this week because I want you to understand where our mind goes. It's because our emotions usually caused it to go there. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, I, I never had that happen. Have you ever fallen off the handle about anything? Have you ever not been sober in your mind? More than likely, it's because you got emotional about something. You know, in my own life, I've seen this happen to me multiple times where I knew something was, I knew something was the truth, but I started fighting against it anyway because I didn't want to be wrong. Have you ever been there where you're like, I know I'm in the wrong, but I want to win the argument? You know, that, that, that's a way for us to kind of get a gauge is when that Holy Spirit on the inside of us starts going, eh. You ever sat there and I, I'm saying the wrong things and I know I'm saying the wrong things and the next thing you know is that the plumb line of the truth starts going, you're out of whack by 180 degrees. 45 degrees, whatever it is. You know, the, the first thing you should do right then is apologize and move back towards the plumb line. Because if you do that, if you apologize and move back towards the plumb line, then the longer you let that thing go, the more you get entrenched and the more a lie turns into deceit. It turns into anger and hate and strife and see now once I, my emotions have just uh, I've got to win then my will follows behind it and says by God I'm not going to do it and the moment that you say by God I'm not going to do it then you start changing the truth on the inside of your heart see you can change your belief system you can, it may take you a long time of believing something or sitting there and turning the screw on it to say, hey, I want to I believe differently. But there's been plenty of people that I've known that they've fallen away from the Lord. You go and talk to them again and they never read their Bible. They never, they never listen to teaching. They don't go to church. They, in fact, they hide from Christians. You know, most of the time it happened because of a divorce or it happened because their kid had an issue or there was some other problem. But see, that's, that's, the, that's the trigger, but that's not the, that's not the true issue. In their heart, they said, I'm going to change. I'm going to take this emotional damage and I'm going to move my will against the truth. So... Is the truth still in there? I believe so, but I believe that just like with faith, you got the measure of faith like we talked about during praise and worship, but you also have doubt that can come in and it can overshadow. I think deceit can come and blanket your truth. I believe you can have truth in there, know it's truth, but then you say, you know what? I'm just keeping this going because by golly, my will says that we're just going to continue to do it. And it just covers the truth. 
Because, you know, what's funny is I've, I've actually worked with people who have, they were, they were, did a lot with the church. They were, they were great, you know, just great people. And you could see over time them just change. And it wasn't because I think that they lost their salvation. I think they just listened to a lie too much and it started covering the truth. And once your truth is starting to become covered, it can be uncovered. Because there's actually a guy that I know that we had a lot of discussions and he's him and his family are back in good standing and they go to church and everything else. See, church is just a key indicator. It's not, it's not, the, it's not the actual up and down of whether or not somebody's gotten saved. But it is a key indicator of, you know, am I going to go and be with other people that believe like-minded? Because every single time you have a deceit that is covering your truth and somebody comes along and says, well, let me pull that off for you. Most of the people who are trying to keep the deceit covered, they go, no, leave my deceit where it's at. I don't want my truth to shine. I don't want the plumb line of God's total perfect word to shine out because if it does, then I've got to change my direction. So that's why sin looks different for different people. That's why, that's why metanoia says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn and I'm going to go the right direction. I'm going to start shooting my arrow in the right direction direction towards the target and see that's where we're at in our mind will and emotions most of the time is that a lot of times our heart is kind of that intersection if you will between where your will is going to be and where the truth is so i'm, I'm not going to go through this too much uh listen to some of my mind will and emotions stuff from last week we're going to kind of move forward because i feel like that we're at a place in this conversation to where we can where we can talk about something just beyond you know what is an emotion where does an emotion take us how do emotions how do emotions keep us from going to the next level how do we get a truth back how do we handle emotional struggles and how do we strengthen our faith you know, this one's, a, this one's a hard, this first little part, this one thing that I'm showing you here is going to be the hardest part of it. The rest of it, we're just going to kind of fly through. But this is going to be hard because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that a lot of times we're, we're going to take some internal things and we're going to go in certain areas of my life. I got a bunch of stuff that's laying at the bottom that I need to get to the top. In 2 Peter 3, 1 through 4, it says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in that both, both of which I stir up your pure mind by the way of reminder. So he said, Hey, there's something that's settled to the bottom. And that in order to have a pure mind, I got to stir it back up. See, that's subtle. That, that's something that most people, they just, they just look over it and they kind of go, oh, well, I'm just going stir it, to stir it up. And we kind of just go, I think I know what that means. But no, every time the word stir is used in the Bible, it means that something has settled in a way that 
doesn't need to be settled. It means that we got to reach in there with a stick and root it out. we got to get it back to the top so that you can remember. And it says in verse 2, it says that you may be mindful. This word mindful means bring back to your remembrance of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostle of the Lord and Savior. Verse 3 says, Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days and will walk according uh, to their own lust and say, Where is the promise of his coming? Now this, is, this has been happening for 2,000 years, but it happens today. People are like, yeah, Jesus is coming back. Mm-hmm. Yep, Jesus is coming back, sure. I don't believe it. And it says, for since the fathers fell asleep, all these things continued as they were from the beginning of creation. There are people that you're going to know that at one point in time, they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But at some point in time, all of their beliefs fell to the bottom. It's like if you had, if you ever like made um, a, a protein shake. I mean, most people have, you go put this powder in there, you go to stir it up and there's clumps, right? So you keep stirring, 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 you keep stirring. A day later, you're still stirring because there's still clumps. Do you know that sometimes when we've let something go to the bottom, we got to keep stirring until those clumps are completely broken up and that we see clearly what Jesus would want us to see. Do you know that when we have something that's on the bottom, there are key indicators that we, that we should be listening to. If we ever, if, do, you know how, do you know that everybody has a butt and they all stink, right? Everybody has a butt and they all stink. And I'm not talking about the ones you're sitting on right now. Everybody, the first thing I'll tell you when somebody says, I want to do X, Y, Z thing. I feel like the Lord is telling me to do it, which we don't typically hear people say that in certain circles. We don't typically hear that from work. But, you know, I've got friends that call me up and they say, you know, I feel like the Lord's telling me to do something. The first word that I try to keep away from is, yeah, but... Because the moment I say, yeah, but, something's going to stink on the, on the other side of that. You know that I know there's people who mean well. And they'll go, well, I'm just trying to keep them out of a ditch. Well, you know what? If they're in a ditch, they're going to be in a ditch whether you say something about it or not. But if somebody says the Lord's telling them to do something, as a family of believers, we need to stand with them and say, yes. If the Lord's telling you to do this, then I'm standing with you. We're going to agree. I'm going to be in agreement with you. I don't care how crazy it sounds. Now, if it's completely against the word, then you go, no, I I don't agree with that. But if it has to do with the word, I had a friend of mine called me up and said, one day I'm going to have a million dollar ministry. Means that he was going to have millions of dollars come in and go out. And I didn't go, you can't even pay your bills. I didn't do that because he couldn't pay his bills. But you know what? I just said, yeah, I'm in agreement with you.
Because it's not up to me or to him to make that happen. Shocker. You know, if God's telling you to do something or to go be with people or to, or to go talk to someone or, or to, to go and be a part of something, it, all he did was, just, I mean, literally, you can be the person that says, I have no personality, I have no, I have no money, I have no background, no nothing. And the Lord says, <coughs> go over here, be with these people. Well, he didn't say go over there and start a ministry or, or go do something. He just said go and be a part. Then, after you've been there a while, he may say, hey, go and do this. See, God is very much like detail-oriented. But he's not going to tell you all the details before you get to the next place. Because if he gave you every detail of the things that he wanted you to do in your life, you would give up. I know I would have. Standing here on this stage, I did not see this 20 years ago. And if you'd said it, me and her would have been like, <laughs> no, not going to happen. But do you know, 20 years ago, I didn't see myself as one of the leading cybersecurity engineers in the energy industry. I didn't see myself with two kids, one of them that's about to get married. I didn't see myself with a marriage that's almost 25 years old this year that is the best thing that has ever happened to me. Completely changed me, completely put me on a path to where I don't have to think about everything. I got somebody else helping me. I don't even remember if I wore this shirt last week, but she does. <laughs> I'll tell you straight up, I can come out of, I can wore a shirt two weeks ago and she goes, you wore that shirt two weeks ago. You've got other shirts back there. Because if it was my gig, I'd come in here in the same shirt every single week. I'd have the same pants on, same shoes on, same shirt, and I would just be sitting there going, hey, everything's great. And some of you ladies would be like, man, we need to get him some clothes. <laughs> you know, they thought I was poor, like po-po, when I first met them all about, you know, 25 years ago, 26, 27 years ago. Because I wore the same shirt and the same pair of shorts every single time they saw me. And they were like, oh, we got to get him some clothes. So they actually bought me clothes, <laughs> gave it to me. And the next time I came, I was not wearing those. I was wearing the same shirt and the same everything. And so mom and dad, they're like, they're like you know, Heather's like, well, I don't, does he not have any other clothes? He won't wear any other clothes. You know why? Because every time mom washed it, she put it on the top, and I just picked the same one up off the top. <laughs> it wasn't I was a creature of habit. It was a matter of, I just, I just am oblivious to every single thing. Whatever's on top, that's what I grab. Now Heather does this whole shuffle thing. She shuffles it around, so I'm not playing. It's like Russian roulette of whether or not I'm going to have clothes, you know, she was telling me today she was like you're wearing too many pants I was like it's cold out there okay she goes well, I'm not I'm not used to it do you know that every single time in our life we have people that are helping us we have people that are there to help us with our struggles 
Definitely, that is one of our struggles. But I want you to understand that our problems are not a lack of faith. You've got the measure of faith on the inside of you when you accepted Jesus Christ. It is, it's like a grain of mustard seed that it grows. I believe it. I've seen it. It's happened in my life. Some of my faith, the measure, has grown over the years, and it's bigger than my belief, than my disbelief. But you know, this is one of the things that we need to understand is that it's the truth that sometimes sinks to the bottom of our heart, our belief system, that we've got it all down there on the bottom. And God's like, you knew about this. You, I taught you about this. I, I put this in your heart multiple times in your life. And you know what? You just got to reach down there and you got to stir it. You got to renew your mind. You got to stir that thing up to where now it is fully incorporated into your life. You know, once you actually get a hold of something that is fully incorporated into your life, it just works. It's like having oil in your car. I don't think about the oil in my car until the, the engine light comes on and says, go change the oil. Because it just works. I'm not sitting there going, well, is the viscosity of my oil good today? No, because once it's incorporated into what I've got going on, I'm not thinking about that. I'm doing what, what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just a part of who I am. I'm just living my life. I'm keeping my mind, will, and emotions where they need to be. And see, this is what you need to understand is just like in uh, Philemon 1, 4 through 7, it basically is saying here, and I'll just read it real quick. I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and your faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus Christ and towards all the saints. Verse 6 says that the sharing or the fellowship of your faith may become more effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. I want you to understand something, is that if you don't acknowledge the truth, if you don't acknowledge the good things that are on the inside of you, it floats to the bottom. If you don't, I'm going to say it again, because I think that there was some of y'all going, what? See, there's a good reason why sometimes I speak things out of my mouth. It's because I'm acknowledging what's on the inside of me. You know, I will stand there and look in the mirror and say, Lord, what did you want me to do today? And he'll go, love people. So I'll actually go, I love people. Do I always feel like I love people? No, absolutely not. But I acknowledge that that's on the inside of me. When I'm needing to work out something, I speak it. If I've got sickness in my body, I, I take 1 Peter 2.24. Y'all have probably heard me do this. See, there's a difference between before the cross and after the cross. The cross was the dividing line of the covenant. See, everything before the cross, in fact, we're going to see some of this. Jesus actually lived in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Jesus... His birth did not start the covenant. It was his death, burial, and resurrection that started the new covenant. So when he said things, he was having to play both sides because he was the bridge. 
on one side of it was Old Testamentville. Get off over here and you have to live by the law. And then over here on the other side of the bridge of Jesus, and he was going, but you will be. And he used terms about where you would go and how you would do. Because he was, he was stuck. Without Jesus going to the cross, we would not have had the covenant. But see, this is what, you're, uh, what I want you to understand. And i got to slow down. Holy Spirit said, slow it down. Because I want to just speak it all out there really quickly. But see, when I acknowledge every good thing that Jesus did from the cross on, I say stuff like this, 1 Peter 2.24. Because in, in um, Isaiah 53.4, it says that it, it talks about before the cross. After in 1 Peter 2.24, it says that we were healed. It uses terms about past tense in 1 Peter 2.24. So if you have something in the past, that means that it is something now, right? So if at the cross I became healed, then that means that I am health. So you'll actually hear me say to you guys, you are health. That's what I mean by that, is that we're on the other side of the cross. That means that if at the cross you accepted Jesus Christ, now you are something. Well, I have to say that every day. I, I speak it. I, I stir it up on the inside of me. I bring it to the forefront. Does that mean that, I, that I'm always just in health? No, sometimes I get sick. Sometimes I do stupid stuff to myself, like I was talking about last week, where I'm replacing lights by myself. Hey, dummy, you threw your own back out. That wasn't an attack of the devil. That was an attack of stupidity. And you know what? This is the problem that we have consistently is that on the very bottom is where truth lies if we don't stir it up. And it says right here, it says that uh, your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and, cons and consolation in in your love because the heart of the saints have been refreshed by you. Now this is powerful and if you don't get this, then you don't understand. There's a reason why the saints get together. This is why we bring people into the church is that when we start trying to cover truth with deceit, the saints are supposed to be there to help pull that blanket of deceit off the truth. That's what it says right here in verse 7. I'm not making this up. This is, what, this is what they are saying right here in this verse. Is that basically because the heart of the saints has been refreshed by you, brother. That means that every time a truth is, is being trying to be masked by a lie, we come in and we go, no. I have authority to work with you, to agree with you about the word of God. So if you've got sickness in your body, let's pray about it. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to stir up on the inside of you. That means God gives me the Holy Spirit stick and I sit there and I say, let's stir up some truth in you. Let's, let's get this stuff to the top. And you may be sitting there going, well, I don't want to believe God because 
Right now, I just want to be angry because this happened to me. Well, see, that's another part of being with the saints is we go, okay, well, let's love on you a little bit, and then I'm going to tell you the truth. But the truth has to be forefront of what comes out of that thing, not just more of, well, it's bad. I'm going to pat you on the back and just tell you how bad it is. No, that's not truth. Truth is the word of God where it says that, that I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. That I've been rich and I've been poor. Do you know that there are times where I've told people just straight up, no, that's not who you are. That is not who you are. Your true identity is in Christ Jesus. And so I can take every promises in the word and I can elevate that. I can stir it up and bring it to the forefront and to the top. Sharing your beliefs is the only way. I, I probably should have put that to be able to help balance Christian life. Because if I can't share my faith, you know, there's sometimes that I will say something and I mean it just, you know, hey, this is going to happen in the word, in the world. Uh, you know, Russia is going to attack Ukraine or, or whatever it is. And then Heather just goes, well, I'm believing this. Believe with me. And so the thing is, is that the moment that I start believing is a lot of times because I've got somebody else going, well, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the word. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this really quick. Actually, I'm not. I just heard... Ah, they've had enough. We'll talk about some of our uh, catalysts for emotions next week. But one of the things that um, one of the things that I I want to close out with is that we, as a body of believers, and I've got them not just in this church, but I have them in other churches that I've been with. I've got people that are like my brothers and sisters. And we lock arms together. Do you know that I have people that call me up on a regular basis, send me text messages and tell me things that the Lord wants me to know? And you know, more often than not, I'm in the middle of toiling over something. And that text message comes through and I pick it up and I go, Okay, Lord, what you trying to say? You know, I had a buddy of mine, um, Jason Gamble. He's a, he's a street evangelist. He goes out and does a motorcycle ministry. He's a combat vet, um, was in um, Afghanistan and Iraq and all these places back in the early 2000s or mid-2000s. He works with, with veterans that have PTSD. And you know... I don't get to see him that often and we usually have coffee and he came down here this week and I showed him this building. You know, I will be honest with you. I, I walk in this building and I think, well, praise God, we got a great building. This man saw this building and saw the things that we used to talk about and all of the truths that God was putting in my heart that I would talk to him and he would agree with me.
He walked in this building and it was like he had just been reborn. He cried and, and was just like, this is so much God. And I started crying because I started going, this is so much God. This is, this is what we talked about six, seven, eight years ago. You know, I had started letting some of the, the, the newness of what we're doing and, and how God's using us to, to reach a community. I let it get to the bottom and it was on the bottom and he came in here and he slapped me. And he said, no, let's stir you up on the inside. And he woke me up and I had a, whoo, a Holy Ghost moment. Where I was like, God is so good. And he's doing so many good things. He is, he's bringing about to pass things that I have been dreaming and talking to God about. That, that Psalms 37, 4, where he put these desires in my heart that they are coming to pass. Are we there? No. But you know what? We've left. We're on our way. And when he started stirring them up, yeah. Absolutely. So, so for you that ha- was not here when I did uh, the opener, um, we were doing home church. And you know, the Lord kept putting it on our heart because you'd have people go, hey, hey, I'll come. Where's your church located? What's at my house? And they would go, eh, let me know when you got a building. So we were kind of believing for that. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. We had saved up a good bit of money. We're at the house. I'm thinking we're, we might buy something one day if I can get the money high enough, all that kind of stuff. But the Lord just kept saying, yeah, people are just not keen on coming to someone's house. So he released me. In fact, I was talking to Charlie about it. I said, yeah, Charlie's on our board, and we were having a discussion. I said, the Lord said, this year in 2021, we're going to get a building. And remember, we... We sat down, me, you, and Brad, and we were like, yes, we're releasing you funds, whatever it is, go do what you need to do. So I said, okay. So we looked at it forever. And so we looked at a place over off of Kent Dairy, and we looked at a place over here. But most of these places were 1,200 square feet, 1,400 square feet. And so the Lord kept saying, every time we would go in and we would do it, my flesh would go, hey, this is a pretty good price, and it does what we need it to do. And, and I would go in there going, hey, my flesh is going, yeah, let's do this. This looks great. And then I would walk away and the Lord would go, no, you're not thinking big enough. Now, there was twofold to that, and I won't get into all of the different things, but I was not thinking big enough as far as size. I mean, this is almost a 6,000 square foot building, but I was also not thinking about like, they would come in and the, and the city would say something like, well, you're going to have to have an architect if you go in this building. You're going to have to have, you know, all these things done, uh, certified electricians, plumbers, blah, blah, blah. And then they come back and said, but if you found a building that was a church, you can just swap it over. Well, every place we had seen was not a church. So... I was thinking, okay, I gotta go spend probably thirty, forty thousand dollars before I even get out. Before I even get off the 
Before I even get the lease signed, I've got to get some people to come and give us a, you know, estimates and all these other things. And the Lord just kept saying, you're not thinking big enough. You're not thinking big enough. And so Isaiah 54 came into mind and I preached on this about go big, go home. And I've got it out there on our podcast if you want to listen to it. But the Lord kept saying, I'm going to do more than what you can ask or think. I'm not going to do less than what you can ask or think. I'm going to do more. And so me and Heather are over at Crunch Fitness and I, I'm working out one day and I turn around and they're taking chairs into the into uh, Cultivate Church. And, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, contact Cultivate Church about their old building. And I thought, they ain't going to talk to me. Well, you know what? Long story, I guess longer, but I'm going to try to shorten it. We're, I call, I, I, I filled out a form on their website because there was no phone number. I thought, they'll never come back to me, Lord. It's okay to, to tell the Lord, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because he didn't say, hey, you know, be, you know, you can't say anything bad about the situation. All he says is just go do. Well, the whole time I, I'm doing something, sometimes I'm going, I don't think this is right, Lord. And he goes, just keep doing it. So I did. I, I contacted him within 24 hours. Brandon Matthews, one of the pastors over there, he calls me up. He said, hey, I'll show you the place. He brought me over here. He helped me with the guy that did the leasing. Johnny Reese that owns the building was awesome. He helped me within two weeks. Within, within five days, we had a lease, but within two weeks after that, we could have had church in here. And we kind of started doing some stuff as a pre-opening. But you know, sometimes you forget, you know, if you're working on something and it happens, you, you tend to let the newness and that, that honeymoon phase go really quickly. You know, you have somebody like Jason come in and he sees it for the first time and he goes, praise God, praise God, praise God. And you see it all like you saw it before. And see, God wants us to renew our strength, renew our mindset, renew everything every single day. He wants us to wake up and be in awe of what he's doing in our life. And see, that's the problem sometimes is I believe that we tend to lose the awe. Well, God, you 20, 25 years ago, you gave me this woman and everything's good. But every once in a while, it's like, where's that honeymoon? Oh, back in October, we signed the lease on this building. But that's over now. I mean, you know, we're, we're in the building. See, if we renew our relationships, if we renew our ideas about the things God has put in our heart, because He's not done with you. He wants you to stir those things up, just like He said, when the Word comes to you, don't let it go to the bottom. Keep stirring it up. Make it relevant to the things that you're doing in your life because every single day you can wake up and go, praise you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for, man, my, for my wife, for my family, for my job, for my church family, for the building that you gave us, for, the, for all the different friends that I have that are constantly coming up and saying, Dusty, you're not seeing this right. You, you've forgotten. 
You've forgotten what your own face looks like, like it says in the Bible. That you looked in a mirror and you walked away and you forgot what your face looked like. See, every single day we should wake up and be renewed in our mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because then we walk in that super abundant grace, that gift that's been given. I wear it on my my body. There's some people that are wearing identity church stuff. That's awesome because they're keeping it ever before their eyes and coming out of their mouth. They're stirring themselves up. They're keeping it going. I remember Pastor Jim, when we were at VCF, he said, he said, sometimes you just got to sit there and just let the Holy Ghost just stir you up. Because if you don't let the Holy Ghost stir you up from time to time, you just let it all sink to the bottom. Well, you know what? That can happen in every area of our life. You know, I thank God for my job where I work. You know, I want to pray over our jobs. I just feel like the Lord's saying that there's things that are going to start happening in the world that we need to be thankful for. God has put us in a place where we have supernatural abundance. That if inflation goes up a thousand percent, your job's still going to be able to pay you enough money for you to be able to eat and support yourself. I know I've been worried about it. Because there's a lot of things that I've got going on. Hey, I'm paying for a wedding. Golly. You know what? One of the things that I want everybody to understand in here is that you are blessed. You are super blessed. In fact, you're so blessed that there's going to be people in the midst of the problems that are going on that they're going to go, why do you look like you're not sucking a pickle? Huh? Everybody else is. They got that sour look on their face. Just so awful. So awful inflation. There's no chicken. <laughs> we, we, in fact, that was one of the talks we had last week. Is there going to be chicken for our fried chicken dinner today? Well, there was. We were believing. We've got chicken back there, praise God. We're going to have 50 pieces of chicken, so eat up. But you know God's going to supply your need according to his riches and glory. Not according to the Biden economy or according to what your work says. In fact, there's going to be opportunities that's going to come to you this year that you're not going to like up front, but it's going to be the right thing to do. It's going to be the right thing. And you got to be okay with God changing your cheese. Because it's starting to smell like Limburger for some of y'all. I'm just going to tell you. It's getting real potent. And he's like, hey, we got to change that cheese. No one wants to eat it. So I'm going to pray over us. And I'm going to pray over the food that we're going to receive today. But I want everybody to agree with me. Can you do that? I believe this. I believe this. I believe this. And I want you to believe it with me. If I can put your will in neutral and I can push your belief around, then I'm going to do it today. How many people is going to believe with me? Hey, hallelujah. Look at all the hands going up. 
So we're going to pray and we're going to believe, Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray right now in Jesus' name over each and every person in here. I thank you, dear Lord, that right now we're stirring ourselves up, that we're becoming renewed in our mind about the goodness that you have provided to us. That, Father, no matter if anything comes against us, that the economy goes wrong, our jobs have issues, whatever it is, Father, you're going to supply our needs according to your riches and glory. Not based upon the things that we see, but upon the things that you are bringing to pass. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that 2022 is going to be the most prosperous year that we've ever seen. I thank you, Father, there's going to be opportunities that people are going to take that it's just going to blow them away. Ten years from now, they're going to sit there and go, wow, I am so much more blessed because of what happened in 2022. And I just pray over each and every person that they have their mind opened up when the Holy Spirit comes calling and says, hey, will you be willing? Because that's who you are, is that you're a, are you willing, God? that you yourself are going to put ideas and, and paths in our, in our midst, Father. And I just pray over each and every person just loving and blessing on them, having peace this week that passeth all understanding, that it's in their heart and in their mind. I thank you, Father, that their will is going to follow that peace and that their emotions are going to be captivated by the peace. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray over this food that we're about to receive in this time of fellowship. I pray, dear Lord, that together as we're eating, that we're just stirring each other up, that the stories that we tell, that the events that we have, that the, the people that are in our lives, that we constantly stir each other up and create opportunities for us to be better people. To, to be more spiritually minded so that when the truth goes to the bottom that we can help stir each other up and incorporate all of the things that you're wanting to do into our lives. And I pray over this food that is blessed and sanctified to the nurture of our bodies. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>